to Write on Cue. I'm Melissa. And I'm Tri. You're listening to Episode 3, Creating Cultures. And today we're joined by Luna. So can you tell us a bit about yourself, Luna? Yeah, I am. I'm Luna. I think it's pretty obvious because <laughs> I was just said. I am Luna Foxy on the forum. And I like writing. That's, that's a fact. I like world yep. building. I'm 14 and I have a very cute puppy. What type of puppy? Havanese. And she's white and like 10 pounds and so tiny. <gasps> so cute. Okay, so today we're talking about creating cultures. Um, I guess the most important question to start with is what is a culture? Uh, well, I mean, culture, I was like, oh, I guess if I'm going to be talking about this, I should look up the definition. So I looked up some definitions and there were, you know, there was a wide variety of things. But basically, the thing that was like in general agreed upon is that culture is kind of the part of world building. That's not just like the terrain and all that kind of stuff, but like specifically like what the people believe, like their arts and customs and religious beliefs and pretty much anything that goes into how they behave and how they act and that kind of thing. So why is that important in writing? I think it's important because I I like my favorite genres to write so far are fantasy and sci-fi because I like, you know, creating those other worlds. And a culture is important because culture defines so much of who you are. Like we, um, the... American culture, you know, there are some things that are acceptable that like would be totally strange if you went to say Africa. Because um, my mom was a missionary kid, so she spent a lot of her childhood in Africa, and she like likes to talk some nights about how it was weird because they did things that the people who lived there didn't do. So it was strange. But now that she lives here, there are still some things from that culture that she carried with her because culture is really defined by the way that people act around you. And so when you're writing, it's going to really affect culture that your characters live in. Everything around you really shapes who you are, and so it'll shape your characters too, because if you're listening to this and you're creating your own culture, they're not going to be from your culture. So they are going to fundamentally act different based off of the world around them and how the people around them are acting and what is considered normal and the things around them. So culture is really important as writers when you're creating a culture because you need to consider how it's going to influence your character's actions, and that's going to also impact the rest of the story and the way it'll turn out. Yeah, that's really true. You'd think it was said by someone that, like, without a culture, there's nothing to a country or people group if they don't have their culture. It's an important part of their identity, of who they are, So where would you start if you want to create a culture when you're writing? So first of all, since you're listening to this, you're probably writing a story. If you're going to be creating a culture, if you're starting from scratch for a new book or really whatever you're doing, you're going to probably have some boundaries of the story to help you define what kind of things your culture is going to be like. For example, um, I've I've been on all sides of the spectrum. I have created worlds with no stories to go with it, so anything is on the line. And more recently, I've created, I'm in the process of creating a world in a culture that really is, I have specific boundaries for things that it needs. Because it's a portal fantasy where the main character is from another world, but he goes to Earth during the time of the American Civil War. And I basically, 
I've made some basic questions like there's going to need to be something that gives him some authority on the situation of the Civil War. There's going to need to be something that just is really shocking about the Civil War. And there's going to be, it can't be too similar to the culture of America then, because then it would just, it would lose that sense of wonder that I'm trying to bring. So for that story, it was very, very defined of what the boundaries are. And for other stories, there are less boundaries. So the first thing you need to do when you're saying, where do I start? is look at your book and your story and make some boundaries there because most likely your story is going to present some certain boundaries. And so that is a really great place to start because, you know, there's, you know, things of writer's worst enemy is a blank page. It's difficult to work from a blank page, but when you have the boundaries of the story, then your imagination can start to run. And so from there, I have three basic things that you can consider after you've considered the boundary that your story is going to place. And the first of this is the value. Values of your culture really define how they're going to act. For example, I think that in our culture today, we really value equality and toleration. And so those things really define a lot of the ways that we act and the ways that we do things. In medieval times, they had placed more value on the church. And so that also defined the way that they would act. So really just considering what the people and the characters in your story value highest. And that could also, if you'd like, tie into your positive ideal. I think that is going to really help you know where to start when you're creating and building this culture. And secondly, this kind of ties into the rest of the broader sense of world building. But I do think you need to consider your landscape and how that is going to influence the specific things that they're going to value. For example, I have um, a culture, kingdom, in one of my fantasy worlds that live in a really dry area. And so they don't have very much water readily available. So because of that landscape impact, they have these amazing water systems running all underground. In the castle courtyard, they have about 20 different wells in case one of them gets, you know, some kind of bad infection then they have other wells and other sources of water and so because of their landscape that really shapes that aspect of what their culture is like and what it's going to be like in their day-to-day life and so i'm just considering you know the rest of that world building aspects the area around them really does impact the culture more than you might expect and i do think that that is an important often overlooked part of it And thirdly, I consider the effects of the history. And history can be a really hard part of world building because, you know, it's the questions, how far do you go back? Where did the world start? And so that gets again into the other more broad parts of world building. But again, going back to our culture today with the issues of race and other things, and we go back to our history and look at the history of how Black people have been treated, and so that really has influenced who we are today. Whether you start with history or whether you want to mold your history around what you want your culture to look like, I don't really care. You could do it either way, but either way, I do think it is important to consider the history because that does influence how people think. Yeah, history is really important. In my current story, I have a bunch of like situations and a ton of stuff that I kind of knew what the history was, but I didn't really. But then when I actually sat down 
and with some help um, from some friends to brainstorm it and actually figure out some of that stuff, it really explains a lot of how people act in my world and their culture. I recently just wrote like a short 10-page history of a kingdom and it was just really fun and just, I could do pretty much anything, but it just gave me a lot more clarity on who that kingdom is. So it's very fun. Yeah. Yeah, I really need to work on more history for, because I'm working on a fantasy-ish novel and I have next to no history for the world and so it's definitely something I should work on because it would affect the story but I do agree that history is definitely a really good um, basis for culture and it's very important for sure. Yep. So how would you make a culture unique because like there's so much stuff you have to consider but how do you how do you not just base it off ones that already exist and just make it like copies of things? Um, well, first of all, I definitely I don't think there's anything wrong with basing it off of the culture. I think that pretty much, I mean, oh, there's a lot of fantasy out there that's um, based off of like specifically like feudal England in that time period. And I, I'm, the Lord of the Rings, pretty much every society in there was like, for example, Rohan was impacted by Anglo-Saxons. But making a culture unique, I think, is probably the most fun part of world building and creating a culture because it really lets you be creative and just let your um, imagination flow. I forget the exact quote. I think it may have been by C.S. Lewis, but there is one quote in the compass that really influenced me. It was, um, whoever strives for being unique will often fall into being like other people, whether... Whereas if you just write without caring whether you're unique at all, you'll often be unique without even trying to. I don't know the quote exactly, but that was in the compass, so you could probably find it. Um, but specifically, I think just the best way to go about this, maybe you have other ways. I'd be interested in hearing that. But the way I do it is I just sit down and brainstorm. One common way I do things is, you know, I'm writing out... Um, history or I'm just writing out facts and I come to a point where I don't know where to go next one thing I'll do is I'll just look around I have way too many things in my room at any given point in time (laughs) and I'll just see something and I will (laughs) let that influence what I'm doing because I've hit a rut so I could do pretty much anything for example if I look up right now I see my place where I keep all my medals so I might think Maybe something about this culture has to do with this really sense of, I need to be better. I need to achieve things. So just looking around you, like there are so many things around us. I have my calculator here, I have laser pointer. I have so many things that you can just take inspiration from because the best way to be unique, I don't think, isn't from just going absolutely insane and saying, I want pink horses with five eyes. Like, that's that's cool. You can do that. That could work. But the best way to be unique, I think, is just to really draw from so many things and make a culture that is, well, unique. There are so many ways to do it. But the way I do it is just I sit down and brainstorm. And sometimes the things I'll just randomly write when I don't know what to do will change. Sometimes that filler name that... I made for that one river because I don't know how to do it and it'll stick. And I'll be like, you know, that actually is good. So brainstorming 
and just thinking about everything that surrounds us is what I do. That's a really good point because it's true that if I were if I look around, I can see lots of things that would draw inspiration. Like I can get inspiration from a half-filled latte on a green bin outside, and it's it's kind of cool that way because we can get ideas from so many obscure and different things, and they do really help for creating unique things. Like not just cultures, like anything would work. I once got a plot bunny and I saw a flower. I, I sat since then, I just said pony was terrible, but we're just, there's so many ideas around us and just to take advantage of them is what I think make a good writer a great writer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I often, when I'm trying to create something, I'll think about something that we have and then do the opposite of it. So, like, I personally think that some of the school systems aren't that great. So I created a world where they have a really good school system. And that's like the most important thing. But it's really good. Yeah, like looking at different cultures that already exist and maybe like turning some aspects on their head would would help with making it unique. Yeah, and going back to the thing I said about like the medals and having a culture about achievement, like you could also go the other way and see the medals and think, what if there was a culture where medals were worthless where it didn't even matter at all which i think would be a pretty cool selfless culture (laughs) so you know you can draw inspiration from that too yeah there's so many things you can use as inspiration for writing that's one of the best parts about writing i think so there's so much stuff you can use to inspire you so do you have like any general comments about creating cultures i well i compiled a list of things that you could consider that would impact culture. And I took a lot of this from um, Jill Williams' Story World First, which I think is an excellent book if you are creating a story world. It's really helpful. It just covers every topic. But anyway, um, random ad aside, um, some things to consider are religion, and maybe you do or don't want to make your fantasy or sci-fi world stress too much on religion. That can, can cause a lot of conflict, and whether you want that conflict or don't want that conflict is yours to decide. But everyone has some set of beliefs, and I think that religion is one of the key things that most influences culture. For example, like medieval England, like a lot of its culture was centered around the monasteries and the church and the state, and the church was so important in that culture. And in our culture um, today, um, the church is less important, and so that influences us as well. So religion, just even if you don't want to make religion a major point of your story, you should at least consider what the people believe. I once heard from school that basically the things that determine a person's worldview are what they believe about God, what they believe about man, what man's problem is, and how they think man's problems can be solved. And so just considering how, what the people of this um, fantasy culture, or sci-fi culture, whatever culture you're trying to create, what they believe and what their religious influence around them will seriously shape who they are and everything else because it's just so important what you believe about God. And so um, another thing is how accessible is travel? For example, you can have a fantasy world where nobody ever goes to the other kingdom, so the kingdoms are so vastly different. Or you could have one where there's so many roads, it's kind of, you know, got that melting pot feel and you know i have a world where there's a kingdom that's just 
has people from every culture pouring into it and influencing the culture like that. And so it's kind of a mix. And so travel really does influence culture, I believe, because when you're set apart from the other cultures, you're more able to just be, this is our culture. Whereas, you know, going back to the thing about my mom being a missionary kid, she kind of became a mix of the culture she grew up in and the culture she also grew up in in Africa. <laughs> and another thing I think that's important to consider is the economy. How does your, you know, in, like, is there a upper class, middle class, lower class? What kind of things are valued? What, what, do, what can money buy you? You know, all these things really tie into what culture is like. So I think just considering all the aspects of economy is going to be really valuable. Is it like a feudal system? Is, you know, is there socialism? You know, there's all these things are really important to a culture. Next, we have technology. You know, if, if there was this great pandemic many years ago, then we wouldn't have the technology we have now where we can still connect with everyone through Zoom and, you know, on Skype and recording these podcasts. You know, technology impacts who we are as a culture. And I think it's really valuable to consider, you know, like most, a lot of fantasy worlds you know, take place in that medieval England, a medieval type culture. But what kinds of technology do they have that might be similar or different from the time period you're basing it off of? You know, if you're creating a culture for a sci-fi world, you know, technology is definitely going to be a huge part of that. What can that technology do and how does it shape their culture? Next is the physical and mental or magical attributes of your characters. Most people make their main characters be humans. Not everyone does. So you do need to consider that, you know, what are they capable of doing that we aren't capable of doing? What are they not capable of doing that we are? Do they have magic? Can they shoot ice like Elsa? You know, how, if they could shoot ice like Elsa, how would that impact the different things? Like, if they could shoot ice, then in theory, they could have endless water. And so you do need to consider all those things and how that would impact them. Because going back to what I said about how I have a culture that's very, was a dry atmosphere. If all the characters there could shoot ice, then that would really impact their culture because they wouldn't need those complex water systems anymore. And then we have manners. Manners are something that I think we kind of take for granted but really, when you study other cultures, the manners are vastly different. For example, I am fascinated with ASL and deaf culture, and deaf people are a lot more blunt than us. They're a lot less scared to just tell you the truth. We tend to sugarcoat things and be like, oh, no, you're really fine. It's fine. But they're, I mean, they're, it's not considered rude for them because that's normal. That's just the normal manners of deaf culture. So, you know, though you may think that, you know, these characters that you're writing are really rude, you know, you need to consider, like, what are the manners of the culture they grew up in? Because not everywhere has manners like us. And that's something I need. I speak to myself. Like, it's really hard to create a culture with manners different than ours because that's just what's considered normal. But I do think it is an important thing. And finally, um, arts, like how well are the arts valued? Do they like painting? Do they think artists are dumb and stupid, you know? <laughs> um, so it's just a small-ish list of things to consider that will impact the company. Yeah, 
Those were all really helpful. And going way back to when you were talking about the travel, it made me think because I live in Canada and we get a lot of people who come into Canada. And it just made me think because we have like we have a Chinatown where it's basically just this tiny little section in the city where you have like you have Chinese restaurants, you have Chinese uh, like it, it's basically a little section marking Chinese culture. And it's really cool because we've been there before to eat Chinese food and we got fortune cookies at a grocery store. It was fun. But <laughs> it was, yeah, it's like we have a few more like that. But Chinatown is the one I can think of off the top of my head right now. And yeah, it's really cool how the fact that travel can really impact culture. Yeah, one other thing I thought about is you also have um, adding to your list one good thing to consider is how they view families because I find especially in my story I just assume that they view families like how we do but the more I'm writing I'm realizing that's not how it works but it's really hard. I have a fantasy world that pretty much places no value on family so it's a really interesting world and that's definitely something that is a great point. Yeah. And one other thing, when you're like listing things that d- define a religion, it's also the one question is also what do they believe man's purpose is? Like, why are we here? Oh yeah, because that that can really define how a person acts. So we've gone through the questions. <laughs> <laughs> If you can't think of anything, I just got an idea. We could um, we could just go through the process of creating a culture from scratch, like just for fun. Oh, that'd be fun. Yes. <laughs> I guess we could just start with like just going through all the different things you mentioned, like deciding the location, just coming up with like, I don't know, three quirky traits that they'd have. Yeah, I guess we could all just go around and just like three quirky traits, just input something from something we see. <laughs> I think we should probably make a list of what we're coming up with. So I wrote down, get into determine the location, tr- quirky trait, maybe talk about a religion, just because that's a bit harder, so we could get into that a bit. And maybe, like, come up with some sort of fun tradition or holiday that they have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we could, um, for the location, since there's, like, endless options, we could also, like, work with the things around us. For example, where I live, it's always rainy. It's rainy right now. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of forests and... It's very mountainy, so forests and mountains are kind of my area of expertise. Okay, so what if um, they live in like a mountainous region with lots of forests and it's really wet there? I like that. Well, that that would be. We should like involve things from where you live, like. Well, it's snowy right now. Lots of snow and cold. <laughs> lots of snow. <laughs> so I guess it could be like snowy forests. Snowy forests are so pretty. That would be an amusing place to live oh yeah 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 should we keep the mountains or something else i feel like the mountains would be kind of cool because usually when you have like a for a snowy forest location it's really flat so mountains and a snowy forest would be cool yeah yeah actually i'm used to because uh, pretty much most of the snow is in the mountains so snowy forest mountains but yeah it's very pretty and very difficult to cross when you're trying to cross them in winter. Um, okay, anything else about the location? Do we want to rivers? Anything? I don't care. Hmm. Maybe there could be like a big lake. 
or something. Yeah. yeah. Good idea. Like, yeah, like a lake in the forest, maybe? Oh, yeah, like a lake in the middle of the forest. Yeah. That'd be so cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're probably all imagining different things, which is very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I can, like, this is already helping me, like, come up with ideas, because, like, I can imagine if it's, like, cold and snowy there, there would be, like, a lot of winter stuff they do, like, go, like, sledding and skating yeah. and, like, a lot of that kind of stuff. It's, I'm already getting ideas just from talking about the location. Okay, so now should we move on to just the, um, a few things based off of surroundings? Sure. Do you want to start? Sure. So, there is a broken chair. Right over there. So, how about they have an obsession with fixing things? So they like they like to build. It's very hands-on culture. Ooh. Okay, I guess I'll go next. I I currently have a bunny that I'm cuddling with, and so what if instead of like sometimes people have like lots of dogs and stuff. So what if every every household has tons of bunnies because bunnies are really Ooh. cuddly and they're warm and cozy. And they like snow. I guess I have to think of something. I'm looking. There's a lot of... There's like a lot of music stuff around me. So I'm like trying to think of something involving music. So... You could go with the opposite as well. Like oh, yeah, true. music is banned. Go with that type of thing. But not trying to steal it. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe they only... They only play music outside or something. Like, they cannot play music inside, only outside. Interesting. <laughs> music using cold. And unique. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why they do that. Maybe they're kind of superstitious, so they think that if they play music inside, it will, like, their house will collapse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the sound waves will make everything collapse. They're like, they could be sensitive to vibrations or something, because personally, like, I, I love playing my flute, but also it gets really loud and I have very sensitive ears, so it's also like... <laughs> Yeah. Could be something like that. Okay, so they like to build, have lots of bunnies, and they only play music outside. That's that's definitely an interesting starting point. <laughs> so I guess let's get into the religion stuff. Uh, this is really hard to make because the religions are just so complicated, yeah. honestly. I mean, it's really hard, like, as a Christian, though, like, do I create, like, a god that's like the Christian god? Like... I eventually decided on there's, um, for my fantasy worlds, there's like a creator, there's the god who's, you know, basically the Christian god. But they sometimes fall into believing in the false gods. So that's, that's my favorite way to go so that I don't do something that, you know, is going to make people uncomfortable. But it's difficult to talk about. Uh, I guess we could go with that. Yeah. That's what I normally do too. Pretty easy thing to do. <laughs> Maybe that could be tied into why they only play music outside. They think that he can hear them better when they play music outside too. Oh, that's actually Ooh, sweet. Yeah. It's like less like, oh, superstitious <laughs> yeah. and more like, oh. <laughs> Sounds like a fun thing. So, um, going to like tradition or holiday, should it be centered around the, you know, like, like, the, like you said, like, could have snow things like uh, in my, my fantasy world there's a tiny island where it's hot and they have their festival that celebrates the sun once a year and so that's inspired by that so 
Yeah, there could be like a, a snow festival. Ooh. And they just do tons of things related to like snow. So they have like tons of sports and just do a ton of stuff outside and with the snow. And have like snow food. Like, yeah, yeah. like snow cones. Like they could have like cold food. Oh, that actually sounds really nice. Like, I mean, I know Turkish Delight isn't like snowy, but it just makes me think of Turkish Delight because I knew. <laughs> like just all the good food, sweet. I feel like most cold food is sweet they could have like hot chocolate too so that you don't get freezing because you're eating everything cold and being outside they could also they'll also (laughs) probably if they're used to living in the cold environment they'll probably also you know have more cold tolerance than say someone who lives in tropical equator (laughs) yep yeah what if they also have like hot apple cider? That's the that's really oh, good. It's making me thirsty. <laughs> Is there um anything in particular you want the snow festival to be celebrating? It's like most holidays like Christmas like celebrates like Jesus' birth and that kind of thing. Fourth of July, I guess that's it's not really Canadian holiday, but um <laughs> no, get the right. Maybe it's like celebrating some sort of important thing they discovered or maybe it's an important like weather event like maybe there's like a one month that the lake thaws they can get like fresh water and stuff so maybe it's or maybe it's the opposite maybe the lake freezes over in that month so they can like go skating and stuff skating skating is so fun i wish i could do it more yes i mean honestly i think pretty cool like you know most of time like even if it's a cold environment lake isn't frozen over then that one month it's frozen they're like yay this is fun that sounds sounds like a very fun picture maybe it's just a festival to just celebrate just having fun in snow it's a good thing to celebrate having fun yes definitely so is there anything else you want to add to this maybe what like they think of families like do they have large families do they have really small families do all their like grandparents live with their children do either of you have ideas for that? Because I feel like I've contributed a lot to this. My first thought was a large family, but that's usually typical with snow more icy, so maybe they could be smaller families. And maybe maybe the age for moving out is younger. Like children can move out at, say, uh, 15 instead of 18. Make, maybe they have higher standards for or higher um, expectations for kids, I guess. Or the kids just um, mature faster because it's like, you know, going back to that first thing, like they like to build, like that could like lead to, like if you're so involved in like working on things, then that may make them feel more responsible. Like, you know, like you could build a house, like, like in ancient times, like when the bridegroom would like build the house and then go to get the bride, like that could tie into that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a cool idea. This is like my new favorite world that I've ever created. <laughs> it just seems so fun. <laughs> yeah. It is so fun. I love it. I want to go visit them now. I just think they'd be such a fun people group to visit yeah. and spend time with. Yes. Yeah, and there's like, you can never develop a world too much, really, because there's always something you can work on or find out or create. That's just kind of really cool about world building and just cultures because they always grow and it's kind of cool to find out these things about them. 
Yeah. Like, there's so much more stuff we could do. We could, like, develop how they dress, how they travel. Like, how did they first come to this lake in the mountains in the middle of the forest? Like, oh, that has got to be interesting. Yeah. Go on forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's also, if you're stuck with something, it's really fun to brainstorm with other people. I guess that also um, leads you to the point of, like, how do you know when to stop world building? Because I was talking to time travel team the other day about that. Because um, she's like, well, how do you know when to stop world building? And I mean, I, I mean, I personally, like, I never stop. I just write in between my world building. But I mean, there are some people probably who just like want to do all their world building and then write. But then like you could just world build forever and then you'd never write. Uh, so I feel like, you know, going into that, you could just say, I mean, there's no, like, one point, like, this is where you stop world building, because it depend. But if you're the type of person who would want to do all that world building before you get into writing, I would just say, like, just do what you feel, like, will be relevant to the story. And then, like, during your, like, second draft phases, like, when I was um, doing the editing for my first novel, I just added in, like, because at that point, I'd figured out, like, how they'd gone to where they were. So I added, like, a phrase that they said related to that. And so then there's just, like, other random things that you can do during your second drafting type stuff. Yeah. Personally, when I, I world build a lot, too. And I think it's just you world build to enough to a point that you can create your story well. And then you just start writing and keep on creating your world building. Like, for me personally. Yeah, like, sometimes, like, you... Like, you're writing a chapter and you don't really know, like, what should happen. So then, like, you just, you know, write the first thing that comes to mind, if it's a rough draft, and then see where that leads you. And so you can world build as you're writing, too. Yeah, sometimes I forget to world build something at the beginning, and I'm going through and I write, and I say, and I realize, oh, I forgot to address this big issue <laughs> in their culture or society. And then I world build when problems come up, too. So do you have any final thoughts before we close off? One of the most important things about this topic of creating cultures is just being creative. And, um, you know, maybe you're listening to this and you already have a culture, but you want to work on it more. Maybe you want to start from scratch for a new project. But just either way, creativity is a must. And you have a canvas before you that you can um, use to take things from the real world and just use your imagination and use your story and just do so however you feel led in the moment. World building and creating cultures, I think, should be something that's really fun. So just let your own creativity guide you because it's your story, your world, and, you know, it can end up being really fun with a snow festival. It's really fun. Yeah, so that was really good. Thank you for um, talking and being a guest on here. And I think what you said has been really helpful, even just to me, from my story, especially because I'm developing a new story idea and have to do world building and stuff. And I hope it will help a lot of other people. This week's writing quote, I'm I'm running out of quotes. I can't I can't find good ones. But um, this one I got too. Every traveler has a home of his own. 
and he learns to appreciate it more from his wanderings. That's Charles Dickens in one of his books. I think that it kind of applies to culture because you don't really realize some of the things you do or the ways you act or what your your own culture, how much you appreciate it until you go somewhere else and see other cultures and other things. And then another one from Robert Frost is no tears in the writer, no tears in the reader, no surprise in the writer, no surprise in the reader. We hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Keep writing. And see you next time.